Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Scholes. Today we're rejoining the story of Prince Ahmed and the Fairy Parabanu. And we left off with the prince having returned to visit his father, the Sultan, and the Sultan growing very distrustful of his son, the prince, and sending a magician to follow him and find out his secrets. The magician trailed Prince Ahmed and then lost him as he disappeared into Parabanu's home. And now we'll catch up with the story of Prince Ahmed and the Fairy Parabanu. As the rocks were very steep and craggy, they were an insurmountable barrier so that the magician judged that there were but two things for it, either that the prince retired into some cavern or an abode of genies or fairies. Thereupon she came out of the place where she was hid and went directly to the hollow way, which she traced till she came to the farther end, looking carefully about on all sides, but notwithstanding all her diligence, could perceive no opening, not so much as the iron gate which Prince Ahmed discovered, which was to be seen and opened to none but men, and only to such whose presence was agreeable to the fairy Parabanu. The magician, who saw it was in vain for her to search any farther, was obliged to be satisfied with the discovery she had made, and returned to give the sultan an account. The sultan was very pleased with the magician's conduct, and said to her, Do you as you think fit? I'll wait patiently the event of your promises. And to encourage her, made her a present of a diamond of great value. As Prince Ahmed had obtained the fairy Parabanu's leave to go to the Sultan of the Indies' court once a month, he never failed. And the magician, knowing the time, went a day or two before to the foot of the rock, where she lost sight of the prince and his attendants and waited there. The next morning, Prince Ahmed went out as usual at the iron gate, with the same attendants as before, and passed by the magician whom he knew not to be such, and seeing her lie with her head against the rock, and complaining as if she were in great pain, he pitied her, turned his horse about, and went to her, and asked her what was the matter with her, and what he could do to ease her. The artful sorceress looked at the prince in a pitiful manner, without ever lifting up her head, and answered in broken words and sighs, as if she could hardly fetch her breath, that she was going to the capital city, but on the way thither she was taken with so violent a fever that her strength failed her, and she was forced to lie down where he saw her, far from any habitation and without any hopes of assistance. Good woman, replied Prince Ahmed, you are not so far from help as you imagine. I am ready to assist you and convey you where you will meet with a speedy cure. Only get up and let one of my people take you behind him. At these words, the magician who pretended sickness only to know where the prince lived and what he did, refused not the charitable offer he made her, and that her actions might correspond with her words, she made many pretended vain endeavors to get up. At the same time, two of the prince's attendants, alighting off their horses, helped her up, and set her behind another, and mounted their horses again, and followed the prince, who turned back to the iron gate which was opened by one of his retinue who rode before. And when he came into the outward court of the fairy, without dismounting himself, he sent to tell her he wanted to speak with her. The fairy Parabanu came with all imaginable haste, not knowing what made Prince Ahmed return so soon, who, not giving her time to ask the reason, said, Princess, I desire you would have compassion on this good woman, pointing to the magician, 
who was held up by two of his retinue. I found her in the condition you see her in, and promised her the assistance she stands in need of, and am persuaded that you, out of your own goodness, as well as upon my entreaty, will not abandon her. The fairy Farabanu, who had her eyes fixed upon the pretended sick woman all the time that the prince was talking to her, ordered two of her women who followed her to take her from the two men that held her and carry her into an apartment of the palace, and take as much care of her as herself. Whilst the two women executed the fairy's commands, she went up to Prince Ahmed and, whispering him in the ear, said, Prince, this woman is not so sick as she pretends to be, and I am very much mistaken if she is not an impostor who will be the cause of great trouble to you, but don't be concerned. Let what will be devised against you be persuaded that I will deliver you out of all the snares that shall be laid for you. Go and pursue your journey. This discourse of the fairies did not in the least frighten Prince Ahmed. My princess, said he, as I do not remember I ever did nor designed anybody any injury, I cannot believe anybody can have a thought of doing one to me. But if they have, I shall not nevertheless forbear doing good whenever I have an opportunity. Then he went back to his father's palace. And that is the end of part seven of the story of Prince Ahmed and the fairy Parabanu. And in our next episode, we'll see if the fairy discovers the truth about the magician. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Folktale Project. If you'd like to help support the project, you can head over to patreon.com slash folktaleproject. Or you could always just share with the stories with someone you love. I do appreciate that. As always, thank you so much for listening.